0: Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, your 2021 pregame show for the Vikings. And we're here, it's Saturday, and we're talking Minnesota Vikings versus the Seattle Seahawks. Welcome to Good Morning Gallahorns. Two Old Bloggers, where myself, Dave, and the older one, the older one, Yes, and my good friend up north, Darren Campbell, are here
1: to talk some Vikings football. How are you doing, Darren? Pretty good, Dave. Had a good workout this morning. Little run, lifted a few weights. It probably reminds you of your old high school football days. Oh, yeah, and military uh, days. Did that, too. Yeah, that's right, yeah. I was never in the military, so don't I don't have any... <laughs> Don't have any context there, but uh, but uh, yeah, so feeling good, lots of energy, ready to get going on the show, talk Vikings, Seahawks.
0: My favorite weightlifting right now is 12 ounces at a time. <laughs> yeah. uh, nothing wrong with that. Nope. And it keeps getting lighter. Hey there, Raymond. How you doing? And also hello to Mary Fisk, who's been here since we kicked this thing off. And Viking Jerome, welcome to your Woo! Saturday afternoon as we get ready to talk Vikings football. All right, what's Wouldn't first on a, your list?
1: I don't remember. <laughs> I've got it here somewhere. Um, usually, you, usually you throw it up there and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what we were going to talk about. I got All right. it. Let's,
0: let us me switch scenes real quick. All right playing with a new scene today to bring it up. Uh, your first topic was, boom, 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 boom. Let me get there. This guy, Chris Carlson, running back for the Seattle Seahawks.
1: I bring him up and up because he's, uh, he's gone insane uh Lately, when he's he's played the Vikings, but I do feel that uh, with the uh, the Vikings' run defense was a little better last week than it was against the the Bungles Mm -hmm. uh, when they let when they let Joe Mixon run all over us. But it still wasn't fantastic. I felt that uh, Chase Edmonds and and Con James Conner, considering they're not the like the most uh, well known and the best backs in the NFL that. We made it a little bit too easy uh we gave them a little bit too easy five and six yard runs too often in that game setting things up uh even making it even easier for kyler murray as uh, you might remember the the vikings defense vikings defense gave up 471 yards i believe total yards against against the cardinals last weekend we all all of us know that that's not very good uh but carson garson carson is a uh, he's a not a well-known guy, uh, seventh-round draft pick out of Oklahoma State, I believe, but uh, he's a hard runner, he's uh, a guy who doesn't go down at first contact, and he's, he's you know, last year he rushed for about uh, over 90 yards against us, and, and the Seahawks, the last two times that they've faced the, the Vikings, have really run the ball very well. I believe, for over 200 yards total in both games. Carson didn't didn't get over 100 yards in either of those, but he's the starter. Uh, he Rashad Penny is not playing again today uh, or on Sunday. Uh, he hasn't played all season for them. So Carson is the main guy. And if you let Russell Wilson and the Seahawks uh, offense get a consistent good yardage on their running game, that just makes them even harder to stop because the passing game is really, uh, really where they've been, they've been letting Russell Wilson is taking over this team back in the day when you had the Legion of boom and Mm -hmm. Wilson was a bit younger and you had Marshawn Lynch, Pete Carroll, you know, basically uh, like to run the ball a lot more and, than, than pass it. And, and, you know, Wilson was still very effective, but they, they were more of a running team than a passing team. The past two seasons, they've become, as their running game, as uh, they've, Lynch is gone, uh, Carson has taken over, but uh, it's become Russell Wilson's team, and the passing game has been the focal point. But Carson is an effective guy, and the Vikings have had trouble tackling, and the guy who runs hard doesn't get knocked down on first contact really need the Vikings to put a focus and stop Carson and not let him get those five or six-yard gains that we've been giving up the past two games. Keep, keep Wilson in second and eight, second and nine, and see what happens from there.
0: Well, you see, PFF likes him. Um, he's got decent scores. I, I, he's a good, good solid back. How many yards should the Vikings target to keep him down? two
1: you know he's going to get some yeah. yards
0: the question is how
1: many. oh, oh yes yeah i think you know he, he'll get the bulk of the of the of the rushing attempts they do have travis uh homer who's kind of their change of pace guy but he he does more catching uh, out of the backfield than than running for the seahawks carson if they i'd like to see them keep him around 60 70 uh maybe in the high 50s i just don't know if that's possible the vikings will be playing at home uh, maybe that, I don't know if that ter- makes much of a difference uh, than playing the Seahawks on the road. Uh, but can't uh, I, really, as a, in most games, I really feel like it, it really kills me seeing those. Uh, it, at, at the line of scrimmage, it looks like the Vikings have them. There doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be a whole lot of daylight. And then somehow the running backs we've been facing for the past 12, 14 months, they just pop through that uh break a couple of tackles and the next thing you know they got a six or six gain when you really don't think they should have right when they should have been stopped within two yards
0: if not yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. Yep. And we
1: have we have made you know Michael Pierce is back. Dalvin Tomlinson was signed. We've got Kendricks playing all the time now. Nick Vigil's playing very well, although maybe he's not as good a run defender as a as a pass defender. That's yet to remain to be seen. Uh we've got Daniel Hunters back. Uh, We've got guys back. We should be better stopping the run than we have been the past two games. And uh, uh, I feel that uh, it's going to be tough enough to stop Wilson anyway, but it's going to be very tough if we don't stop Carson as well and stop him from getting going and and getting Wilson in even more favorable down and distance situations uh, than he needs to be in.
0: Well, hopefully being at home helps with that. Speaking of Russell Wilson, that was your next topic on your <laughs> list. And uh, PFF likes Russell Wilson. Scoring in any times you
1: score in the 80s, you are damn good. Yes, PFF should like Wilson because he's a great quarterback. And and uh, this will be the, the 19th. Meeting for the Seahawks and the Vikings, including the one playoff game, and we're now five and thirteen overall against the Seahawks. It was a pretty even Steven matchup between the two until Wilson came along and as, as you know, uh, we've never beaten the Seahawks since Wilson became their starting quarterback in yeah, 2000- seven and zero. I think seven and, o, seven and oh seven and oh against us uh in that. And during his career, like 14 TDs thrown, passing TDs thrown, uh, four interceptions, um, quarterback rating. Uh, he, uh, so he, he's the focal point. He's the guy that makes things go for this team. Uh, he, yes, he does get sacked a lot. Uh, he probably causes some of those sacks because he moves around. He tries to extend plays that uh, maybe doesn't throw the ball away. And, you know, there's ends up being some sacks that he runs into. I think that he's been sacked eight times in the first two games this year. Mm. I don't think that he, I I tried to look it up, but I think on average he's been sacked. I don't think there's been a season in his career where he hasn't been sacked 40 plus times. Uh, He's been, he's been sacked a lot in his career and and Seattle's had some crappy O lines, and this uh, week, uh, their O-line doesn't seem to be that great this year. And the right tackle, the regular right tackle Brandon Shell, is is out for the game. Uh, something to keep an eye on. Yeah. Uh, in that, in that. But really, yeah, we we all we've watched enough football. We know what Wilson does, right? He's he's uh, tremendous. Got tremendous vision. Tremendous escapability. He can run if he has to, but he doesn't really. He's not a running quarterback anymore, really. Uh, no, he, he prefers
0: he, to wait to for one of his receivers to pop open yeah. when he's scrambling and and hit that. And that's usually when he kills you because those will be 35, 40-yard downfield passes, and he puts them on a dime. And it's it can be so frustrating. It's been frustrating for the Vikings. However, the Vikings have played him close. I mean, he's 5-0 against Zimmer's teams, but all but one have been, I think, within one score. They're all played relatively close, and being... Did you know this is the first time Russell Wilson will be playing in U.S. Bank Stadium?
1: I did because uh, the the only times he's played in Minnesota was in 2015 mm-hmm. slash 2016 uh, when they were at TCF uh, TCF Stadium at the time. And uh, in that 2015 regular season game is the one you're talking about that wasn't close. We right. got like boat raced like 38 mm-hmm. to 35 to nothing. And then yeah.
0: Cordero Patterson does a Deion Sanders high step into the end zone on a kickoff return. And everybody yeah. booed him
1: because. Why you know, would you do that when you're, you're, you're getting, when you're that far getting, behind? You're, yes, yeah, you're getting you're getting blown out, and then yeah, uh, and then, and then of course, the next the game, of course, was the was the playoff game, the ten nine loss, the Blair Walsh game, yes. uh, probably the, probably the greatest uh, game plan that the Vikings Zimmer's defense has ever had against Wilson. He he didn't do uh, you know they that they used the weather to their uh-huh. advantage I was about to say, one, the weather was-, was on their side <laughs> it was so cold and windy but uh but uh that one he really didn't do much but normally he's he's a real thorn on our side in the last two games the previous five uh, games that he's – Wilson has played against us. He never threw for more than thirty passes in a game, and in the last two, he's thrown for over thirty. Uh, uh, you know, a sign that the offense has become more pass happy in Seattle because they have to, and because they, uh, uh, Wilson, I think, uh, wants to. He, he, he like let let Wilson cook. I'm the guy. I'm the man. I'm the guy that makes the plays, and he's the focal point. You know, he's gonna. You know that Wilson is going to get some of his. He's, there's going to be plays where we're going to be having our hands up in the air as the Vikings fans and say, God, he's done it to us again. He scrambled around and made a big play. But um, something that uh, I, I think that we'll see how the Vikings play him tomorrow because um, I don't know if people were watching Eli and Peyton Manning talk during the doing their broadcast during the, the Green Bay and Detroit game. But they made an interesting comment about how Detroit was uh, defending Aaron Rodgers and, and saying that they were – it looked like the Detroit was trying to – they were playing a lot of deep shell, cover two, mm-hmm. testing Rodgers' patience, forcing him to, like, complete short passes and, and make long, ex- extensive drives, like 10-plus play drives, and, and checking his patience and to see if if he would force things and maybe make some mistakes. As we saw in the game, uh, well, uh, Rodgers was very patient. He, he didn't <laughs> make any mistakes, and he, and he carved up uh, the Lions pretty badly. But uh, Seattle has been very, very good this the first two games at explosive plays. Uh, I was looking it up, and they've had eight plays of 20 yards or more uh, in the first two games. And three of those eight plays have been 60-plus-yard completions for touchdowns.
0: Damn.
1: Um, and and Wilson uh, has, I, I don't know what his stats were in past years, but I think uh, we know about his, he's a great deep ball passer. Mm-hmm. And in the, the first two games of this year, he's thrown, I think, a, a large percentage of deep, taken a large percentage of deep shots 13 of his 54 passes in the first two games or 24% have been deep shots and he's completed seven of those. uh, So that's over 50%. And four of those have been TDs, including the three 60 yarders we talked about. So big, big focus for the Vikings, I think is they can't give up these big uh, explosive plays that have really been fueling the Seattle offense's success. Uh, and if you're wondering how many how the Vikings defense has been as far as giving up explosive plays, well I can tell you, because I looked that up as well, <laughs> and they, they've given up eight plays in the two games so far of 25 yards or, or more. Uh, and uh, that I't is not good. And if they don't correct that tomorrow, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be uh, very difficult for us to beat uh, the Seahawks and do stop Russell Wilson.
0: Um, Well, we'll get to the defense, the Vikings defense here momentarily. The next thing you wanted to talk about was the corners on the Seahawks side. You had... uh,
1: D.J. um, Reed and and Trey Flowers are their starters. yeah.
0: Yeah, here you got D.J. Reed and here you got Trey Flowers. Yes, those are your starting quarterbacks. How do you think...
1: Trey Flowers is doing so far this season. The uh, well, uh, just a, a few more stats. This was this is from ESPN stats and, and information. But uh, mm-hmm. they had. I'm uh, just reading here from the story. They they said uh, in a story earlier this week that among the 54 defensive backs with at least 10 targets as the nearest defender this season, Flowers ranks 50th in passer rating allowed and 41st in completion rate allowed. He's, he's, and he's uh, allowing like almost almost 73% completions that are thrown his way when he's the nearest defender. Uh, and DJ Reed has been uh, not fantastic either, 24th when it comes to passing rating allowed and, and tied for 28th on the completion rate. Um, well, Trey Flowers, PFF doesn't like him either. No, yeah. and, and uh, DVOA, the Football Outsiders, they've got... Um, they got the defense ranked uh, Seattle defense ranked 19th overall um, and the, and the, and the passing defense a little bit less, uh, a little bit lower than that. So this is a, this is a uh, secondary. There's been Mm. talk that Sidney Jones, the fourth who the the Seahawks traded for uh, before the season started, that he might replace Trey flowers for this game. If flowers continues to play like he has been the first two games and this is a critical matchup for the vikings because last week we expected Thielen, jj jefferson uh, to really uh, um, well i maybe not I, I think the first week we uh, i meant the first week we really expected Thielen and jj jefferson to light up uh, eli apple mm-hmm. and the bengal's secondary and they really didn't uh they had okay games and and, and at had two touchdown catches which was nice right. but uh, we, we, I think partly because of the, the just the huge amount of offensive penalties we had that short-circuited a lot of drives, we, we didn't get the passing game rolling as much, even though the running game really struggled. Uh, last week, uh, the running game was much, much better for the Vikings, so we didn't have to pass as much. We were effective in the passing game, particularly in the first half. But again, not huge, huge numbers, although KJ Osborne did have that big. 60, 60 oh. yard 64 yard beauty on the second play of the game. But I think he's I leading think the re- team
0: after two weeks. Yeah. He is.
1: So. Yeah. I know he's 12 and, for
0: 12 on catches passes thrown his way. And he's the only but, one that's
1: that. Yeah. It, like Thielen and JJ they've they've been fine in, in the two games, but they haven't had a breakout big you know, game where they got over 100 yards uh, re- receiving and 10-plus catches, um, it's sort of been very evenly spread out. I feel this is a game against Flowers and D.J. Reid and Sidney Jones the fourth, who, if he's not starting in place of Flowers yet, how good can he be? Like, this is a, this is a really uh, a matchup that the Vikings, three receivers, really have to win and exploit in this game, particularly when – Dalvin cook is not going to be a hundred percent and is a questionable, it's questionable so whether he's going to play at all. Yeah. So like, I think that's what 50, uh, 50 right now, whether he'll play or not play. I think he will play, but I, it, it also wouldn't be surprising for me if he does play, if he gets again, that he could, uh, he could re-injure the ankle and be out of the game for the whole game, and then you've got Alexander Madison in there and uh, as your starter. I think that's wow. quite possible, quite possible scenario that's going to happen on Sunday, and uh, you know that the Seahawks defense will be looking to all oh, give that old ankle <laughs> on
0: cook a little bit, oh, a yes. couple of extra tugs. That's where the uh, trading staff has to have an extra dozen rolls of tape so they can <laughs> and tape that sucker up.
1: Yeah. But I think just critical, uh, not critical for the Vikings offense to really get the that Thielen and J.J. Mm-hmm. Jefferson really uh, have strong, strong games in this one and really make the Seahawks defense pay. You really wanted to pay.
0: see some PFF scores? Here yeah. we go. Let's me move. Well, I got two of those at the same time. You Ooh, got like Adam this. Thielen. You got Justin Jefferson, and let me bring up K.J. Ozzie, boom, there's Ozzy on the top. All right, anytime PFF has you in the green, you're doing good. The darker, the better. And uh, all of ours are in the green. Part of that is due to our quarterback, obviously, because he's playing well. But the receivers are are good versus when we looked at um, the Seahawks' corners, which were all in the orange and brown and closing in on red, um, not so good. So we have an advantage there. The question is, Hmm. will Kirk Cousins have enough time? Um, I'm betting the answer to that is yes. That'll be...
1: That'll be a, of course, you can't throw if you don't have much, <laughs> mm-hmm. like you can't throw if you don't have much time to, to throw the ball. We know uh, Cousins does not like to be pressured. No quarterback does, but a guy like Russell Wilson can escape that, whereas uh, Kirk Cousins is not usually able to do that. Although he did have a hell of a nice throw on the run last, last week, week, which mm-hmm. uh, and that was on the same drive where he Going ran for against 35 his yards. Rolling out to the left. Rolling out to the left. Which is he's
0: extremely good at. He is probably one of the best. And hear me, folks. This is Dave talking (laughs) up Kirk Cousins. He is one of the best. Rolling to his left and throwing that direction of any quarterback quarterback in the league. He is just, that is one of his uh, unheralded skills. The dude can do that, whether it's on play action or just out of necessity. He has nailed that throw down. And for a right-handed quarterback, that is one of the most difficult throws you have. And it's just, it amazes me that he he is so good at that. Um, We'll get into play actions. Play actions, this is one of the things I wanted to bring up. Play actions, we've run... I think it was like 7 or 9 or 8 or somewhere around that in both our first two games, right? And he is so very good at play actions. Well, some of the game has dictated whether we're running play actions or not um, by down and distance. When you're second and 20, right, a play action isn't generally going to do a whole lot because the defense knows you're going to pass anyways, generally. Generally. And, of course, our tendency is hand the ball off to Cook so he can get five yards. Um, it it gets frustrating. I Hopefully, we will see more play action because he is so good at that. Hopefully, the Seattle defense will bite, even if Cook is out, even if it's just Madison, right? I suspect that the play action, because it freezes – your linebackers, and Seattle has a weak spot there in the middle. Um, it is something that could be taken advantage of and put in Kirk's good performances throwing the ball, right, over the first two weeks. It could be a boon for the Vikings. Just my opinion. <laughs> An old guy... I hope it comes to fruition, but that's how I would attack it if I was Clint Kubiak.
1: The, and I think the the Seahawks know that. Um, but the one thing that, watching the the Seahawks game against the Titans last week was um, I watched the condensed game, mm. and um, they um, their defense doesn't have a whole lot of names that you'd recognize. Uh, they got Bobby Wagner still there and he's Mm -hmm. still playing at a high level and there's Jamal Adams, the safety and that's about like it as far as the name name guys and uh, Wagner had 17 or 18 tackles in that uh, game against the Titans. Uh, The, the Seahawks defense did a really good job on Derrick Henry in the first half, but as as often happens with Henry uh, about the second half, those 2-yard runs started turning into 7-yard runs and then even longer and he ended up with well over 160 170 yards rushing uh we don't have a battering ram like that uh Madison is a bit more physical mm-hmm. but i think that one thing i noticed about is that J- Jamal Adams is he's a safety but he's almost like a linebacker uh because right. they send him they send him on a lot of blitzes run blitzes and pass rushing i think last year he set the record for most sacks for a defensive back i believe Mm -hmm. Um, and he they send him he's nosy he's at the line of scrimmage a lot and you have to account for him in your blocking Uh, and the seahawks in general uh, like to fire guys aggressively uh, on through gaps and last week i found in the second half as you might remember the the vikings got 23 points offensively in the first half and scored 3 in the second half mm-hmm. and and the cardinals offense defense adjusted to us they made it tougher for cook to run they were starting to they had more guys at the line of scrimmage they started firing more on run blitzes and that really handy you know that i didn't find that the vikings offense adjusted to that and that resulted in a lot of three and six and outs and and the three points that we got should have had six but uh, we know what happened to that right. other field goal right <laughs> now, uh,
0: i had a discussion um,
1: this morning exactly
0: on that that it was noticed that in the second half it didn't seem the vikings adjusted and and As I said, well, in the first half, the offense was cooking just fine. They were up by a couple scores, you know, just keep rolling with that. But where the um, shortcoming was, was in the anticipation of the Cardinals adjusting to what we did to the first half and then being ready. So if they made those adjustments to attack those, that's what came out lacking last week in the second half. It cannot do it here in this game because Pete Carroll's too smart. Pete Carroll's been around as long, if not longer, than Mike Zimmer. I think they're both about this. I think actually think Pete Carroll's a little older. Um, He is, yeah. I think he's over 70. 70. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Mike is 65. Um, They're smart. They know how to do this. They need to make sure that those halftime adjustments or at least the anticipation of what the other team's going to do is prepared for because they've got to come out with a better, they've got to come out with two good halves and not just one like they have in the first two games.
1: Yeah, exactly, Dave. And um, I I think that what Seattle's, what they did against the Titans and that kind of firing guys and having Adams nosy at the line of scrimmage and Wagner's flying through looking for gaps to to shoot through. That's how they play defense. That's how they're going to start to play. They're going to focus on the run as every team does. And whether it's cook or Madison in there, they're going to be looking number one to stop that the Vikings have to be able and should be able to exploit that aggressiveness at the line of scrimmage with, like you say, play action boots, those sorts of things Mm -hmm. and we and they did not really exploit it well not really they did not exploit it in the second half against the cardinals Mm -hmm. and i just don't know why uh uh, you you have to make some adjustments you got to make teams pay for taking away something that you're doing well by doing something else that you do well and i i like again where was the where where was the play action on that where were the boots on that where was the misdirection to get guys that mm-hmm. were shooting somewhere and you go the other way on yeah, them yeah get them, to them overrun, make make them overrun the play we had got we have to have play calling and an execution in that so to slow that down and make them try to do something else then if they back off then we can you know get the run going because you've got linebackers and safeties deep deeper they're you know they're almost begging you to run and then then we can get those chunk plays on the running game that that we so love
0: mm-hmm.
1: although uh, last year the running game worked the whole game except on the fourth and one play so we'll see how we'll see how that goes but i really feel that the the vikings have to counteract that C- seahawk defense aggressiveness it's not a great defense um, no it's the defense far, no, is quite the, the the defense is giving up a few less points per game than the Vikings defense is we'll but also their also their offense is uh, been a little bit better than the Vikings producing more probably points. producing mm-hmm. more and, and taking a bit more pressure off them I think. Uh, and very as, interesting. I've always said the key to winning
0: is scoring more points than your opponent.
1: Right Drew works,
0: funny how that works, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to our buddies Drew and Ted um, with their great show, they're doing
1: fantastic. Drew's predicting a Vikings
0: victory tomorrow. I know he is. And that's sort of shocking to
1: me. Um, we'll see. I, I, I get where he's coming from on it though, because. He, oh, I do like, too. And game. it could this, very well happen. Yeah,
0: very well. It but... should happen. Now we get to your next point, which is one of our weak points. Bada Boom. Right there, Brashad Breeland. Woo. Look at those scores, baby. Can you tell me why he's still starting? Terrible. Terrible. (laughs) They're in the red. They're horrible against the run, and that's the best score. That's not a starting corner, period. Now. No. Now, now no, now no. We'll get, keep these in mind. Putrid red for Bashad Breland. Then we have Patrick Peterson. Well, what are his scores? And I know I did him, and I don't see him.
1: Oh, shoot. <laughs> Technical difficulties.
0: Well, they're there. They're somewhere. Where in the heck did they go? Oh, well. But I know I did his scores as well. Um, this is
1: the downside of the live show. Yeah, downside of the live over, show, and
0: I can't find what I did earlier. I spent all morning prepping on this. I can flip back over here to good old PFF. You sure that's just your first beer, Dave? Yeah, it's only and it's only three-quarters of the way done. It's not even close. Patrick Peterson, as I read it off the screen, which makes me look this way, um, he had a 53 overall in his defense, 53.6. 53.1 on coverage and a 54.7 on run defense. Not good. Um, not good at all. Now, where... Not, not
1: in the green. Not in no, the green.
0: not in the green. Those are in the orange and the brown. That's not... Mm-mm, 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 not good. As Mary
1: says, this is unacceptable. Um, brown, same color as the turds that you and I will uh, pop yeah. out.
0: <laughs> yep, After and we'll get meal. into that next week when we play the brownies. <laughs> um, but it is not good whatsoever, and I know I did mac and cheese. Mac and cheese too. Mac and cheese's
1: rankings aren't too hot either.
0: Um, I know. did his scores too. I know I did it, and where I can f- not finding them set up here. All right, why they dropped off? I don't know. Interesting. I wonder if there's a bug. Mac and cheese. McKenzie Alexander, he, he's, he's in the orange. 42.0 uh, against overall. 28.7, which is in the red, against the run. And he's better in pass coverage at a 51, which is bordering orangeish-yellow. Um, mm-hmm. That has been an unexpected weak point for this defense. Um, now... PFF, when it comes to PFF scores on those guys, I agree. They don't know the coverage. They're guessing, and they've gotten it wrong. You can listen to Patrick Peterson on his show rail about it on how they're grading them wrong. Um, and if even if that's the case, um, that would have made McKenzie Alexander miss that long touchdown pass versus him, but they may be playing but you can see in these first two games there's a lack of the gelling on the defensive side in that secondary that we are expect or accustomed to all the way up all the way up until last year right everybody communicated so well you know it was little hand signals a little look here and a little look there and they knew exactly what they were doing and our defenses were so good i don't see that communication yet i don't see that level of communication yet That's better way to put it. They're trying to communicate, obviously, but I don't see that level yet. And that is when you take that as a defensive secondary versus um, Russell Wilson it is a possibility for disaster. The only thing that benefits us is that the Seahawks offensive line isn't as good good as it could be thankfully um they're rolling on their you know umpteenth year since about five years ago since having a decent offensive line and they'll be susceptible to heavy pressure and the rush um what do you think about how our defensive secondary matches up against Lockett and uh DK Metcalf
1: it uh, doesn't match up against them at all the, 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 it, like Lockett has, um, has come out of the gates in the first two gates with just a shot out like his, his catches aren't huge he's got 12 receptions which is middle of the mm-hmm. pack in the NFL but 278 yards on those catches uh, 23.2 yard per catch average uh, that's very good by the way uh, <laughs> and uh, so his he yardage is, is right. second in the league. Um, Anything over, three, yeah. what, for yeah. a
0: receiver yeah. over about seven is good? Mm. You want
1: to get over yeah, 10 would oh, yeah. being real good. Yeah, and, uh, and he's got three TDs in two games. That's second tied for second in the league with a few people, including our own Adam Thielen. Uh, but he, he's been making big plays in both games. Uh, some of those, uh, two of those 60 yarders I mentioned uh, the explosive plays that the Seahawks uh, had got in um, previous that he's been on the, on the end of those. And um, DK Metcalf has, hasn't really broken out yet. He's got 10 catches for just over a hundred yards with one TD, but he is a humongous human being Uh a guy who probably could have been a, a gold olympic uh, sprinter if he had chosen sprinting uh like 64 he's about 230 built like a brick shit house um could put guys, on a few pounds
0: and become a tight end
1: yeah uh those two guys are going to be major problems for our secondary as it's currently constructed i would a huge challenge for for them especially because when Wilson starts dancing around buying time, our guys, as you said, communication hasn't been that great. Last week we saw when Kyler Murray was scrambling around, and led to coverage breakdowns, mm-hmm. big plays, guys being uncovered, covered by nobody, and that's and Russell Wilson is it presents you the same problems, same challenges that just Kyler a little Murray
0: wiser did. on yeah, what he's going to
1: do. Mm-hmm. May not may not throw up a couple of interceptions, bad interceptions like Kyler Murray did last week. Which, um, but that is the challenge. You, the longer you have to cover, you're not going to be able to cover Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf for <laughs> six, seven seconds, uh, like some of these plays go when Wilson's mm-hmm. dancing around there. And if Metcalf, if if you know if uh, uh, he'll out physical you, he'll basically bully you around.
0: Yeah, he'll uh, box he, you he, out.
1: Even if you have good coverage, the uh, but uh, so that's a huge challenge. Uh, one thing I would like to see is Cameron Dantzler, uh at least split the snaps with Bashad Breland. Uh, Dansler played pretty well in the short time that he was in the game last week. Made a nice pass breakup. Didn't give up any completions. Uh, would Bashad you like Breland, to know
0: his PFF scores?
1: I would, Dave.
0: All right, is, I would. I don't have them prepped, but I have them right here next to me. You gotta remember everybody else is in the orange, right? Going yeah. down to the red for Breland.
1: Dantzler, I know it's
0: a small small sample, small size. sample yes, size. Yes, it's still small sample size. So you gotta keep that. It's small sample size. PFF has uh Dantzler, overall 70.5. Well into the green. Um his rush defense is hey. 60. Um, even and his past defense at seventy point seven.
1: But, Who should be hey, starting? Yeah, Zimmer Zimmer benched him the game before, right, and only played him because Harrison Hand hey. was hurt and, and 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 couldn't suit up.
0: Well, and Harrison Hand won't be here this weekend. Um, he won't, or, or else maybe Zimmer would sit him again. <laughs> but he should be he should be starting if Breland, if Breland even hiccups wrong. On Sunday, he should be yanked, and Dantzler should be in. I think yeah. Dantzler should start, but hey, I understand he's going to start Breland just because. But like I said, if he even hiccups, misses one tackle, misses one coverage, boom, bench Dantzler, you're in. Make it happen. That's you might not even have to wait that long
1: one. because Breland keeps on getting nicked up like xavier rhodes on every other play uh and, well and supposedly
0: I his back is okay he's he's a go um i didn't make a slide for who's out but it's uh bar again tendonitis in his knees
1: question is up. will
0: we ever see him play again what a waste of money that's been
1: yeah um, big waste of money um, I wouldn't want Bart in there right now anyway, because he'd be taking snaps from Nick Vigil and Vigil's playing great. Vigil's playing great.
0: I'm curious though, how B- Barr communicates well that I'll give him all those outstanding defenses. Mike's had Bar's been the lead communicator on those. Um, and there is something to that. And he does, he does cause problems for offenses. Cause they're not sure what he's going to do. I don't, understand why that's the case because if you study it, you can figure out what he's doing. Um, Derisaw is out. Um, They're not going to play him yet. He's not quite ready. Harrison hands out. He popped up with COVID. Um, It was whatever it was, in the proximity of somebody that tested positive. Um, Then he came back. close,
1: Close contact.
0: Yeah, close contact and then he came back and it's A hamstring or something i don't remember what the report said but it's an injury wise hands out and i think that's it of the major players that's out and other than cook being questionable
1: yeah uh that the 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 cornerback situation not very uh, uh i'm not very enthusiastic about this matchup even uh Freddie Swain, the third wide receiver for mm-hmm. Seattle, is made a big catch last week. Of course, he wasn't covered by the Titans either. He was wide wide open, busted coverage. But you know, he's a useful wide receiver. Really that that I feel that you know, if the Vikings um if the Vikings just keep on giving up explosive plays like they've been giving up, uh, and Seattle's been very good at the creating explosive plays, like it's just not a very good matchup for us. If but if one or if you get one or two of the three cornerbacks that were playing a lot, if they step up their play, i.e., Mac Mac Alexander starts playing like we know he can Mm -hmm. in the slot, and Dansler is in there instead of Breland and playing like he did last week, and maybe that maybe uh, Peterson doesn't stand out as much. Uh, Um. It's it's not it's uh, not a, sh- a shocking thing to say that I'm a little bit disappointed with how the three starting corners have performed so far. We were all you and I were you a bit more on Peterson mm-hmm. than I was, but uh, I think we all were quite happy with the Vikings signing Peterson. We mm-hmm. kind of felt he'd be like think a Terrence, be a very good Terrence, Terrence, he'd provide the leadership mm-hmm. and Terrence Newman kind of veteran presence for a younger secondary. Make smart plays. Mad- get. Make be smart on plays. rare occasions, but yes. Mm-hmm. And he he could be another coach on the field. Like that communication with his experience, you'd expect that he'd be the guy that'd be providing that in the secondary if that is not happening. Mac Alexander, solid guy, nice guy to have. And then Breland's always been solid where he's mm-hmm. been. Um, and he added depth that we had. Uh, but it just hasn't worked out so far.
0: Right, and I think our safeties are fine. Obviously, Hitman, his play seems a little down for some reason, but as Xavier Woods is doing, I think, a bang-up job. I like how he's played so far. And it it may all be the communication and the gelling thing. I, I literally think it's that. I think as they get yards under their feet, all that will come together. Now, being at U.S. Bank feeding off that crowd vibe because it's going to be rocking tomorrow. Absolutely rocking. For how long, long, though? Well, hopefully all day. I don't know if you've seen, but the Vikes have put out a little brief teaser on their hype video they plan on playing before the game, and it's all the old guys talking about how at the Old Met, when the cold wind blew, they started chanting Odin, mm-hmm. Odin, Odin. And uh, semi, I sort of semi-expect that to be adopted by the fans tomorrow as part of our, you know, along with the Skull chant, to intimidate uh, anybody that comes into that building. At least that's how you I
1: you and you home field advantage is only home field advantage if the, the home team is playing well and keeping the crowd into it and juiced up if the vikings come out flat uh, like uh, they tend to do that crowd's going to get quiet and the seahawks have a uh, success early on preventing us from preventing our offense from getting anything done and their offense is scoring on our defense that crowd's going to get very quiet and when it isn't quiet it's going to be booing and it won't be a home-field advantage. So really got to, uh, yeah, the home-field advantage is nice, but you the, the home team has got to create that excitement too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not just uh, not uh, totally confident that our home team will be able to do that. Uh, mind you, the last two games on the road, the Vikings have played great first halves, only to blow it in the second half uh, and both times in Seattle. So I don't know know, what kind of uh, Vikings team is going to show up uh, on uh, tomorrow morning against this Seahawks team. Um, Well, for a lot of the players,
0: whether it be the one year wonders this year or the rookies from last year, this will be the first time they get to play in front of a full U.S. Bank stadium with all the bells and whistles. So it should be interesting. One last it bit. Will be. I pulled this chart from Sharp Football. They're doing an analysis on uh, Yes Raymond, I think it's gonna to be tough on Wilson. And How his offensive is? line. That's where I think it's gonna get most. I think you're gonna get a lot of false starts. Um But I pulled this chart from Sharp Football. He's showing the spread at two. It's now down to I think one and a half or one. Um, money is going towards the Vikings on this. The big question is Dalvin cook. Will he play or not? Um, Mike Zimmer is notorious for covering the spread like no other head coach. So if it we're at one and a half, hopefully we don't lose by one point, which I think I called earlier in the week, just because I'm Oh, and two on the season and I'd rather be Oh, and three and win. than. uh, get it right um, as you can see the implied totals averages Seattle scores two more points than we do on average per game now it's only two games so it's a small size yeah um, points per game a little bit more than two points um two and a half points games allowed we've allowed more because of said defense. Uh, that we've discussed quite intensely today uh now look at the plays per game I thought this was an odd stat um we average 65 and a half plays per game eh, that's about normal 60 to 70 plays per game is normal right that's not a big deal Seahawks are only averaging 52 and a half plays per game. That to me is an odd number. It means
1: that's, not uh, a
0: lot of drives.
1: Well, there—that's uh, I think a function of the explosive plays that they've had, Dave, and that uh, they oh, haven't had uh, quite a few quite a few drives that have uh, they haven't had to grind it out. They're uh, taking uh, you know, they longer chunk, yards, chunk w- w- yards. W- w- yeah, Wilson's chucking it up and it's going for a 68-yard TD or sixty eight yard T D to Tyler Lockett or a sixty or fifty some yard T D to Tyler Lockett or a sixty three yard T D or whatever it was to Freddie Swain. They've had some big chunk plays, like big, big chunk plays. And I think that's and so you've got like a three or four play drive instead of a instead know, an eight of or nine a, play drive.
0: hmm And that that makes sense with their opponents' plays. They average seventy seven hours, average sixty four. Um Yards per play for the offense, they're at seven point four, which tends to be the bigger plays. Where where is it six point one, which is low for us? That's a running average, a very good mm-hmm. running average, but eh. defense they're holding up at five point six, which is middle of the pack. We're at six point six, which is bottom quartile, yeah, and then we get bottom. into pass rush percentages look at that number for the vikings does that surprise you
1: the the 63?
0: Yep, 63 yep 63.7% of all our plays have been passes now could chuck that's because we've been behind we're playing yeah. catch up but yeah, that did, is way yeah. higher than viking normal
1: yeah that that's again that's the two game averages right but we had mm-hmm. we threw the ball 50 times against the Bengals and I think that's where that's coming from yeah. yet last week was much more balanced much more kind of uh the Kubiak type offense where we're we're running it and passing it about the same amount of time uh, and, and the, you know the running the running game was pretty crappy against the Bengals it was uh on fire at least in the first half against the Cardinals and and I think, again, that's that's where your two game, you know, you're creating a bit of anomalies there. I think after eight or nine games, we'd see these these stats would be a little bit different in some of these categories. Yep, could be.
0: I hope so. And we'll find out. Now, since we've gone through all that, how do you think the game is going to go tomorrow? Who do you think is going to pull this one out?
1: Um, Mr. Optimistic here. I'm seeing the Seahawks winning this one, like they've won every other one. Uh, probably going to be a close game, uh, but somehow we'll find a way to blow it at the end. And uh, I do. What's the? Uh, Owen, uh, oh, but this is this is a must. This is the must. Uh, we're we're at
0: game. a must win. The coaching staff, Mike Zimmer in particular, I think. Spielman, but I also think Spielman has the Wilfs hosed, um, (laughs) baffled with his genius. Um, Mike Zimmer's back's against the wall. He's got to knock out, basically, if he knocks out the next two, he's fine. Next three, he's doing great. You know, the homestand. It's, he's got to win. He can't lose anymore. He did this. To himself, he's the head coach. He could have done things a little bit differently, made some smarter choices, made some better decisions, game time decisions, unlike last week. But he's got to win this game. I think the Vikings can. I think yeah, skilled players, yes, by far they can. Um, they can match up very easily against the Seahawks. Um. And they can beat these guys. It's whether they all bring it together. I think it's going to be fun for the fans. Unless they just absolutely lay a turd. I think it's going to be a blast for the fans. I think the team's going to appreciate the fans. Because I'm looking forward to the show that will be put on in U.S. Bank Stadium from the pregame. However, I don't think that'll be on because of Sunday Ticket. The guys watching locally will catch that. That should be Awesome to halftime, to all the festivities, because it's the grand reopening since we've been gone so long. And, uh, yes, Raymond, Zim's seat's on fire. And the only way he's going to put it out is to start winning consecutively.
1: Get a few, d- get some W's, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah no. Make Maybe those first two I know games look like, that's... oh, they were only one play away stuff. And, uh, as I wrote in the Prequel to this show, uh, they wouldn't be one play away if you're winning a bunch of other plays. Um, yep. You know, technically, yeah, they were one play away, whether it be the fumble or the missed kick. But win all those other plays or the majority of those other plays, and you don't have to worry
1: about those one plays. Be aggressive on said offense. It, Score fifty. Said it before. Said it before, Dave, and we'll say it again. But when. Uh, there's no great skill in winning close games you're it you, you leave it down to a one score game it's a coin flip who's gonna win it some years you're gonna win a few more of those than maybe you should some years you're gonna lose a few more of those than maybe you should and the last last season and so far this season we've been losing a few more of those that we should like you say be more successful on more plays in the game you don't leave you don't make the game you don't leave the game to be close you win comfortably like by 10 points or a little bit more, and you don't have to sweat it out at the end. This team has not been good enough, though, to do that. Uh, and I have not seen anything in the first two games that indicates to me that tomorrow is going to be any different than it's been for the past uh, previous, now going on uh, 18 I think it, games.
0: I think if the jelly and communication that switch goes on there, I mean, there's been plenty of individual stuff that shows that they could be very, very good. Sure. If that yeah, comes together, yeah. I think they will. Now, the question is, will it or not? In time
1: or not? What did we talk about last week, Dave? The, what the Vikings had to do to win? What they had to, they had a they needed to not self-destruct with the penalties. They got that done. They only had three penalties right. last week. They had to start out fast, not have a slow, slow, slow start. So you get a touchdown and. The- Offensive play of your game, you get a three and out with your defense. Their first possession, we needed the running game to get going. The running game was going. We needed the offensive line to you know perform play well adequately. Play well, protect cousins, and cousins, they and did. open up holes for the running. They did that. They and did we extremely well. We still didn't win the game. All of those things we did, we still didn't win the game. So I am at a loss for what the Vikings need to do now, other than. Kick ass in every possible area of football. Well, which... what was the what was the one shortcoming on that? It was on the defensive
0: side, the True. strength well, of our head coach. And yeah, but they they got to communicate. I mean, the offense offensive play calling in the second half got stale. They they puckered up and went conservative when they should have gone aggressive. Um, they didn't anticipate changes that Cardinals would make. All that's got to change. Let's do it this week. Come out hot and then anticipate the changes. Stay hot. And plan for them in the second half and stay hot on both sides of the ball. You do that, we're going to be cheering tomorrow night Um, on the final score. Climb in the pockets, the final score where we go live at the final whistle, probably right before you'll see us watch the end just – as you will if you're not in the stadium. And by the way, tomorrow we've got two guys that are going to be in the stadium watching the game. The great Flip Mozzie will be there. Eric Thompson will be there of uh, Daily Norseman. We have uh, um, Ryan Ortega will be there. And there's a few others from the group that will be in the stadium. Hopefully they'll give us some live reports. Uh, Flip's going to try to join us. Because he's a member of the final score, uh, regular regulars, and we're going to talk hopefully about a Vikings win. Until then, it's Saturday, it's rolling into the evening. Hope you got the barbecue toasting up. You got something ready to put on there, maybe a big brisket. I'm in Texas, I'm, I'm looking forward to some brisket. I gotta find me a a grill, brisket though. house. Um, well, they they got tons of them around here, but I need to find myself a smoker and it's got to be electric cuz I can't have gas or charcoal in the apartment. Um to start doing some of that. But yes, they've got some good stuff over here. Any last words, Darren?
1: Um I did have something and uh you were talking away and I lost <laughs> it, but I I'm, I'm <laughs> which is okay, but I I really yeah, I don't I'm not optimistic about uh, the the Vikings' uh, shot tomorrow, not because they're not capable of beating the Seahawks, not because they don't have uh, matchups that I think that they can exploit, not because they think that the Seahawks are such a better team than the Vikings, but I just feel that this team has somehow got bad mojo going on, Uh, and we are now five games. If you count the three that didn't count, and two in the regular season, 5 games and we're on 5 in all of them and blah 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 all of that didn't matter but we are looking like the we're i've said it in other forums and it's like we are developing a losing culture with the Minnesota Vikings right now oh, under this under it this needs- under this regime and we are starting to turn into the Detroit Lions we just have different colored uniforms. Oh, we're not we're not that
0: bad. But we do this- need some Exorcism on those bad thoughts. Um a friend of mm-hmm. ours, Vanessa King, if she could do a little bit of her magic, get rid of some of that, and
1: we'll be golden. This uh, this is a big game, not just for the Vikings, but also for the Seahawks, though. They they blew that game against the Titans yeah, they're last one and week. One. They're one and one. Everybody else in the yeah, NFC West is two and zero. They can't lose more ground, or their you know, or their mm-hmm. chances of making the playoffs will be in jeopardy. So they're going to be as pumped up for this game as the Vikings are. The Vikings have to be ready to take the best shots that the Seahawks have to give them, uh, and hopefully this uh, yes tomorrow we are all happy to see the Vikings' first win of the 2021 season. And we'll see skull baby the first chant of Odin. Oh,
0: Odin. Mm. Odin. That, Since the seven That
1: intro was uh that intro really gave me goosebumps actually to, yeah. when I watched that. Uh, really nah, well done. That was done. awesome. All right, everybody. Have a
0: great weekend. Remember, we'll catch you tomorrow live at the final whistle. Just join us here. Um we will be going cross platform again on that one. And be safe, be healthy,
1: and go leggings! Know what Aryan says? No risk it, no brisket, baby. <laughs> or I think it's biscuit. But anyway.
0: Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite album. Skull, everybody!